Welcome to Control-Alt-Revolt, episode 108, and we are back. So glad to be back. Thank you guys for understanding, or hopefully understanding. It wasn't really that we wanted to take Thanksgiving week off, like, because it was a holiday. It was more like it was the work, the work factor. The work. And so, like, we worked a lot last week. Even on Thanksgiving Day, we did make an awesome thanksgiving dinner but like in between that like other than that we were working that whole day so yeah i expected to get that novel in the can like on friday and then saturday was going to be my play day and then saturday totally got screwed because of reasons and so i ended up actually working on the novel until late so but forgotten ruin 5 is done it is. It has been uploaded to the Amazon system, which you have to. I don't know. You know. Here, here's behind the curtain baseball. You have to upload your pre-orders well in advance. Uh, you can't wait till the last minute. You have to, other, because of the rolling servers. So you want to make sure your your best document is up and ready to go. Uh, and that book drops on Wednesday. And there's already like 1,700 pre-orders for that book. That's awesome. That's like the most pre-orders I think I've ever had. Wow. And I've read it because I did an edit on it before the final editor, David Gatewood, who's awesome. Um, it is so good. Like, this was one of my very favorites. It was awesome. So I'm glad you liked that. I loved it. Yeah. I feel there's a meme that goes around, uh, and it's from Jurassic Park, where Newman, like, he says something like, see, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's kind of how the podcast was. Like, nobody cared if we were gone or not. You know what I mean? I think people like us, but, like, no one lives or dies. No well, one's... that makes me feel better, because I would yeah. feel, like, a major burden if if uh, we were making people really bummed out. <laughs> it gives me a little sense of ennui. Oh. Like, like, but I might just be burnt out from the work last week, and then, uh, like, a pretty heavy workout today. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel, I feel like I'm a little on the burnout side this week, but I... I would like it more if like someone was like, "Oh, it was the darkest week ever." Really? I thought that about you? I thought about killing myself because you guys didn't talk. Man, the guilt burden I, that would be a lot for me. But I would feel like I have a mission to entertain people or inform them. So, but now it's just like, well, whatever. We don't care if you're on or not. <laughs> yeah, but you can just have a mission regardless. Like, no, you know, I'm not like some people are like that. You're like that. You you can work unsupervised. Mm-hmm. I I need I need a doomsday horn. I need. <laughs> but I, you don't like deadlines. There's no, something. I know, but it's it's what I do. You know, yeah. like I, I need I need a mission. I need a reason to be there. Yeah. And it's just it, it, it it's best that you understand and what carrots you you want in life. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, I get that the way that you work is what every self help book in the world says. You know, but I guess I was also <laughs> what every smart, successful person has done in their life. But mine is like, I need the help, save me, and then I'm like, yes, I can do this. Yeah, like crisis mode. You, you. I'm good well with crisis, crisis mode. mode. Yeah. That's true. I was. I meant also though, like with having a mission. What I meant was like, let's take like in Christianity with what we call like witnessing, which is like telling people about Jesus. Um, that like, it's your responsibility is not if people do something with it and receive it and, you know, become a Christian, like that's not on you. It's just on you to share it. You know what I mean? And so I kind of think that works the same with this kind of stuff. Like we think the stuff that we talk about on this show is pretty darn important with like what's going on in the world with the crazy current events and everything. And it's sort of like can't we have a mission that like this information needs to get out but then like what people do with it like that's not or you know if five people like it or five thousand does it really matter because maybe those five people yeah. are gonna go out and do something big with it yeah. you know what I mean? the numbers don't matter to me i just yeah. i think it's like what i the reason i wanted to do this last year is i saw the amount of censorship a censor, censorship i saw how much i was being blocked on social media um, I had some personal business attacks against me where they were like, hey, you should shut up or you're not going to be published anymore by sort of corporate overlords. And <laughs> and so 
I decided that I would not shut up and that I would yeah. speak more. So it doesn't matter if anybody listens or not. The important thing is I don't shut up. Yeah. And might I say, um, thanks to God, that was the second time at least that you have been challenged with that in your career and you have said, no, I will speak up no matter what. And you still have a career. Yeah. I've had, awesome. I was adding it up. I've had about four cancel campaigns against me. One mainly Harper Collins. Um, well, okay. And then there That's was another one. one where I did, I did a, um, a, sh- a book of short stories with Milo mm-hmm. and that was like a cancel campaign. And then I even had a relative, oh. a close relative, like, like basically call me up in disbelief. I can't believe you would do this. Oh, and, right. You know, and everything. I'm like, <laughs> I what? That. I just wrote a science fiction short story, but like they'd read an article you know, some sort of so pearl clutching article about how racist the gay German Milo Yiannopoulos is, or English guy, or whatever he is, and um, and the, anybody who's associated with him is just a horrible person because he's all about free speech. Milo's an interesting guy. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily agree with everything he says, uh, but I find him to be one of those people who is saying or used to say the unsayable. And it's amazing, like, you know, going to the Alex Jones thing, the slur campaigns that are around people. And then you go listen to those people, and they're a lot of the times they're saying, sometimes they say crazy stuff, and then a lot of the times they're saying, like, really common sense stuff. And then you realize, oh, this is all coming from the same people who today are having a trial for Ghislaine Maxwell, Ghislaine Maxwell, whatever her name is. And they've just promoted the judge to the federal bench, so she knows how to rule. And Comey's daughter, and that chick's ugly. Yeah, I thought the same. <laughs> she looks like literally like mom gave her no genes. Yeah. Um, the chick who erased the Epstein tape twice. Yeah. Is pro- is prosecuting, and you're like, <clears throat> it's amazing the amount of garbage that comes from that side, and then so many people, you know, just go, oh, you know, you wouldn't listen to Alex Jones. Oh, you wouldn't vote for Trump. Oh, I can't believe you'd do something with Milo Yiannopoulos. Or there's, you know, even Vox Day is somebody that I know in my life and, and I enjoy him and like him. He's a good friend. Don't agree with everything he says. Uh, uh, we've had arguments. We've had ag- uh, agreements. But, you know, he was one of the only people to say. Um, there were many people, actually. They, when I got canceled by Harper Collins, they came and, and gave support. And that goes mm-hmm. a long way for me. Uh, I might not like everything those people say. Um, but I do, I do like Vox and the conversations I have with him, but in the author community, the amount of you're dead to me by like nobody authors that you've gotten or that Vox gets that he gets it. Uh But I like when I said, Oh, I'm talking to Vox day one time, like the amount of nobody authors who felt that they could get like on some, um, moral high ground against me, you know, in spite of their lack of sales. So anyways, like those people have all disappeared and I've, you know, continued to dominate in sales, thanks to God. But that was a, the Milo, like HarperCollins was a whisper campaign. Uh, Vox was a campaign. Milo was a campaign. Then there was, um, when Galaxy's Edge got famous, there was a campaign saying uh, that I was somehow a shyster or whatever. And oh, I yeah, it. that one. There was that one. And it's always a group of authors. And who don't have any sales. And then the the most recent... And then that one's kind of like... I, I had... Someone came out to LA and hung out with me. And they said, you don't understand how much you are hated by other authors. And I'm like, I don't care. But That's why way, I don't like other authors. We always do find out who it is. So. Yeah, you always like... Everybody always comes <laughs> and tells you. And then there was the final one where with uh, January 6th, they said... You know, they did concern. Oh, we're really concerned about Nick. And then they they made sure they were so concerned. They went and threatened my publisher. And I think they did some other stuff to uh, some corporations that I work with. So but now I know who they are. So, you know, good luck with that, guys. <laughs> um, real quick. One thing, my favorite thing about Vox Day, I would say, yeah. um, which I actually have found him really interesting when I would hear yeah. you guys talk on the phone, he's but nice. he's, he seems very nice. But um, my very favorite thing about him is that he was brave enough to promote um, that woman's book. Yeah. Moira, what, Moira, 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 Moira Grayland Pete. Yeah. Yeah. That was a, that was a big one. No one would touch that one because it's such a, it's such a, and you know, it's weird that book and Moira 
is such a third rail. And maybe tell people what that's about. Because she is the daughter of Marion Zimmer, Zimmer Bradley, who is a famous science fiction author and really big trade pop author, sold a lot of stuff. There was even a uh, TNT miniseries about her books starring the chick Juliet, Julia Margulis, Juliet Margulis from ER. Hmm. And it turned out... Uh, her parents were just total freaks, just molesting everybody, Pedophile pedophiles, freaks. just really jacked up. And so you read the book. I couldn't mm-hmm. read it. It was too, it was too much. It was, it was yeah. really tough, but yeah. I just, my feeling on that whole subject is it is really hard to yeah. listen to and hear and like, but us normal people would never conceive that stuff like that would go on. And I think unless you listen to people's stories, you won't like it's like you won't even yeah. conceive of the fact that that's going on and I think if it's going on we should know it because then we you can't do something about it if you don't know yeah. what's going on and so that's why I think it's important yeah. and but there, wrote the forward in it but there are certain people so. that they'll say oh I talked about today or whatever and they'll be like oh you're dead to me and I'm like okay I, I get that you have disagreements with him or he said things or whatever but everybody kind of has like you can always find but like you know this guy's out there fighting on the front lines of what is really now what really did become the issue, which is this whole move to uh, move it to minor attracted persons. Ugh. And it's like, no, you're a pedophile. Yeah. You know, uh, oh, you know, uh, sex between consenting people. And it's like, no, that's rape. Mm-hmm. That's rape. You know, like, so it is it is really interesting. Um, I think that you can find about anything that you don't want to like about somebody. Um, but. I think, you know, it's just, it's one of the things I hate about being on the right is everybody just assumes this huge moral high ground. And it's one advantage the left has, which is it's the advantage of being scumbags, scumbags, scumbaggery. And that they sort of have no standards, so they can all be allies. And our side, everybody has their moral high ground. I am not racist. I believe in everybody's cause. I like Ben Shapiro. I like Vox Day. I like Mark Levin. I like Alex Jones. Like anybody who's out there fighting evil, I don't necessarily need to go through and vet everything that you've said. The main thing is that you are expending rounds on behalf of the cause against the enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll never make it because there's so much fracturing. And there's so I, yeah. many people who are like, oh, you know, he said this thing about my pet cause. And he's dead to me forever. She's dead to me forever. And it's like, you're going to find that. Like, it's that if you're looking for people who think like you, it's it's going to be slim to nil. Exactly. You know, like, you're going to need to make some allies to get through this. Now, there's certain times you don't ally with people when they say, you know, outwardly, you know, avowed, completely, you know, jacked up stuff. And you're like, no, you know, or harm against minors or, or whatever, things like that. You're like, no, that's that's not good enough for me. Um, and, and it's funny too, like people will call Vox an anti-Semite and he, he has like an ax to grind against certain factions of Israel, but he's also the only guy who publishes one of the leading Jewish scholars in the world, mm, you know, interesting. and, and they just laugh about that because it's, it's so much about him is, is hype. Anyways, I don't know how that turned into a Vox Day conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, he's a nice guy. I know him. I don't agree with everything he says. But I like him, and and we've done some good business together. But it just shows the level of character assassination. You, you know, every most people run around thinking that they're immune to it because they possess the truth. But like what I've really begun to see with sort of the levels of MK Ultra that are going on in our society, especially with that 95-inch mind control machine everybody fought to the death for uh, on Black Friday. What's that? The big screen TV, oh. from, you know, like it's the biggest mind control <laughs> mm-hmm. machine in the entire world. Mm-hmm. You know, people are out there clubbing each other to death or, you know, like, I got this thing. I'm like, you have a 95 inch like thing. Like, it's just funny because I don't watch TV anymore and I haven't really. We haven't watched it for about 15 years. Yeah, I was trying to remember when we officially canceled our um, cable subscription or whatever and just went to like right. watching very specific shows that we chose like on Netflix or yeah. Prime. Do you think that was like 15 years ago? I think it was. Wow. And then you, but then you'll go to the car dealership and you'll be forced to sort of watch what they have on there. And you're like, the level of drug ads 
is incredible. That's true. That's like, and I think that kind of dovetails into what we've been researching all weekend, breakaway civilizations and things like that. The amount of control that it has become apparent that the drug companies have over every government, including the U.S. government, and some of those treaties that really actually do seem to be legit, it's insane. It, and then and the, the scumbaggery, you know, the amount, like, and, and it's kind of weird, like, we're watching Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton, and it's funny, you can go and look him up online, and there will be, like, sites that, like, they desperately want to believe that he's a Republican or a conservative, like, and I think those are people that, like, want to character or actually assassinate him, if you listen to the rhetoric, but he's actually made a purposeful point of saying no i'm not in politics and he seems like a weird quirky dude you know he's a southerner so they're kind of like they're they're a little different they're they're not going to bend to people because it's sort of like that's their tradition but when you look at this year's season which is all about going after big pharma it really doesn't pull any punches. And then surprise, mm-hmm. surprise, Amazon says, oh, this will be the last season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like they bought the season. And Amazon seems really haphazard about their filmmaking because one, I think Jeff Bezos, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that dude. But he'll, I think they don't, they don't support anything they buy. They don't take the time. Like they bought the expanse. Now they're canceling the expanse. They, they spent all this money on a steampunk sort of thing with, you know, fairies do yeah and then and then they just dropped it you know and now and 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 the brilliance is now they're gonna do uh, they did wheel of time except it has nothing to do with wheel of time you know it's like hey wouldn't it be great if wheel of times was game of thrones Mm -hmm. and like not a big fan of wheel of time but to hear the people who are big fans kind of moan about it it's just typical it's typical you know leftist narrative filmmaking you know like it's funny, like you watch the ads on TV or on Facebook or in commercials right now, and and everything is just narrative. Everything is like really well dressed black guy, white girl, you know. And it's like I have no problem with that. It's just, are you being representative of the entire culture as a whole, or are you trying to tell me that only black people buy all these high end items, you know? And and no white people do this or whatever. I I don't know. It's really odd, but. I think it's making people racist. That's what I really think. And I, I, I know some examples, and I've talked to some people, and they've said, you know, my kids... Uh, well, I'm not going to tell that story. But it is interesting that, that people are starting to pick up on, in this rush to be like, oh, we're not racist, they've become 100% racist. Because they've made it completely unrealistic. Like, when they try to force it into every single thing that's as you said that's not representative of the real percentages and so it feels off to you it feels like you you, everyone can clearly see that they're doing it on purpose and no one likes to be intentionally mind controlled intentionally um like preached at in their entertainment i guess here's here's what i would say um cliche is because cliche works and you can't say, oh, we're fighting racism by making half the cast black now and giving away as many under five roles to black people and major roles and like no justification. Like when you went to a play like a year or two ago and it was like it was well, it was like Sense and Sensibility or something like that. It was a period piece. Yeah. And they cast all the daughters as different races and all the people like it didn't make sense. and it made no sense. <laughs> and like for someone like you. It just broke you because of the Asperger's because you couldn't add it up. But yeah. it's one thing to say, oh, there's so much racism in Hollywood that all the white guys now are fat, stupid, bald, dumb, and beta. And all the black guys, all the brothers are now like, hi, my name's Darius, and I'm a male model and a doctor. And like all of these things, and they, they, there's, there's, no, there's no character drama there because there can't be. Because what you know when you write characters and especially lead characters is that they're flawed. Yeah. That's what makes them likable. And so when you, when you diversity hire this black guy to be the lead, he's not really that flawed because, because you would, would because then you would be racist. So that's one element, but then you go to the pathologist or you go to the DNA doctor, you know, or whatever it is. And it's always Asian. 
Oh, yeah. Always Asian. Like, no problem with that. Like, you know, because they're smart and all. And I'm like, actually, I know some dumb Asians. <laughs> and they're the first ones to tell you, I'm not that smart, which is really funny. Or they'll be like, you'll be like, hey, you know, you're, you're probably good at math. And they're all, not really. That's a stereotype. And it's hilarious. You know, it's, but TV will say, oh, we're not racist because we got rid of white people and we show them in this really poor light. And now black people are awesome and they're always wise and they always do everything and blah, blah, blah. But the Asian guy is still the doctor. The Asian guy is still the pathologist. The Asian guy is still this and like the girl. Like even in Goliath last night, there's like, mm-hmm. you know, like, so, oh, it, it, it's it's the CEO. It's the evil white CEO who's that great character actor. Um, He's bald and he's been in he's been in sort of uh, he's been in some some Coen Brothers movies, and and he goes out to dinner with his niece, who's Asian. I mean, because she's a yeah, it's it's possible because I'm not a racist. (laughs) I I totally buy it, but you know they 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 they're like oh of course you know like she's she's the girl develop or testing the new medicine. She's the pharmacist the the clinical pharmacist so of course she's asian and And it's like why don't you just give up this bullshit and in that scene um he's basically insisting that she be unethical with the test results so white man making the asian girl do something wrong like forcing her well that's all white people do (laughs) in movies and tv they either go around and like i'm really evil because i'm rich and white you know, where they're like, I'm a total doofus and I can't even screw this light bulb in. And, you know, it's just like, ah. so you're not missing anything on TV. And, and that's, you know, uh, that's that's the way it is. But it is interesting, the levels of propaganda that are going on in society. What did you learn this weekend in all your investigations? Let's see. Well, we did a deeper dive with that Breakaway Societies. Um, we listened to like an hour and a half talk with... Um, Catherine Austin Fitz and Dr. Joseph P. Farrell, I think it is. I think that's his middle initial. Um, so that was really interesting. It was um, recorded quite a while ago, but it held up because what they were mainly talking about was historically going from um, World War One time, basically, but the like, and then in between World War One and World War Two, what was going on with um, I think like the Bank of International Settlements and that that was really, um, and then into World War II, but that that Bank of International Settlements in Switzerland was where the Nazis seemed to have probably parked a lot of their, a lot of their money that they looted. Um, Those Nazis always looting money. Yeah, exactly. And art. I know. Yeah, her big contention is, and this is the big spoiler, and she brought on this guy, really, you know, what's his name? Dr. Joseph Farrell. Yeah, worth looking at, very interesting stuff, but big surprise, it's Nazis. Nazis are behind a lot of the stuff that's going on. I know that's a big leap, and blah, 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 and it's Monday, and we haven't had enough coffee, and I think we're burnt and hungry, but like... There's a better way to support what we're just saying. And basically what she's saying, she's a very intelligent woman, but she goes basically through post-World War II and shows you, you know, one, the Nazi party never surrendered. They moved to South America. They got into drugs. Here's some actual people that, you know, like illegitimate people, like one of Edward R. Murrow's compatriots, you ended up writing a book about Martin Bormann. And how, you know, one of the most stunning things is in 61, Martin Bormann, who should be dead, cashes a check at Deutsche Bank. And you were a banker, cashed it under his signature. I don't know what that means, but like, that means basically he walked in and signed for it with his signature. Yeah, I know. I was actually trying to figure out what they were talking about, too. But it was a big deal. It was, it must have been, yeah, like he signed for it. As though he was the person that could sign those checks. I mean, yeah, which would be yeah, like, what? Exactly. But it worked, so and obviously. Basically, the U.S. government was attempting to plunder, like, you know, they, a lot of the Nazi money was sitting out there, but at the same time, Nazi scientists ended up working for the government, and the people that were kind of involved in sort of the early German versions of the MK Ultra experiment, they went to Madison Avenue, and 
at the end of the day, what we're seeing when people talk about the deep state, and that's like, you know, it's interesting. You don't really hear about the deep state until you get a Trump. Mm-hmm. And then Trump's like, the deep state and fake news and all these kinds of things. And then it's like, I would say for me, like, I have to, I have to walk through my own experiences. I'm like, yeah, I hadn't heard that much about it. And I didn't, I, I wouldn't have necessarily told you there was this big government cabal, you know, that was, that was sort of like, had, had taken over the reins of power of government. What I would have assumed through Trump, and it's interesting, because when you look at Crossfire Hurricane, there was, there was definitely an effort made to make it seem like these patriots saw what a danger Russian traitor Donald Trump was and they banded together to destroy Trump and that was very much the narrative and it's like if you ask the average person you kind of go through things right now they would probably tell you oh yeah Comey and Hillary Clinton and you know the dossier and and uh, McCabe you know all these scumbags you know yeah they weren't they weren't doing right you know what they did was basically treason but it was treason it was as a dan bongino says it didn't happen but it's a good thing it happened so it wasn't treason but it's good that treason happened because donald trump was so bad right right exactly okay and i think like if you did a survey in your life right now thanks guy for starting his car it's <laughs> love podcasting here with coffee so I think the coffee kicked in. <laughs> That's good. I think the coffee kicked in. Um, so uh, I think that I would have the entire time told you that it was this cabal. And I think that if you if you kind of did a survey among people that you know right now, they would say, oh, yeah, there did seem to be some shenanigans from the Democrat, from Adam Schiff, mm-hmm. you know, and they they were probably out to get Trump. And, you know, a lot of them would say, oh, Trump's so, like the really like the total Kool-Aid drinkers would just tell you, like, it's kind of funny right now. They're like, um, OK, so you defeated Trump, but Biden is such an obvious train wreck and you don't hear much. I like know. I had a classic example. I have a neighbor. And the entire time that Trump was president, he would walk by me and be like, how's your boy doing? You know, and then proceed to like just mouth off and like how bad Trump was and all these kinds of things. You know, like all the CNN talking points, the point I was like, I just avoided him after a while because I could not stand this blowhard. And I just, okay, whatever. And now, you know, Biden is the president. He's doing a phenomenally bad job of it. And Kamala's doing really bad. So, like, the rhetoric about her, they're literally thinking about putting her in the Supreme Court just to get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Which is, like, I mean, like, this like this stuff should not happen. This is the, we, we should be doing something about this as citizens. Yeah. We shouldn't just be like, oh, you don't politically like this person. So now they're going to uh, decide on the laws of our country. That's not why you have a Supreme Court justice. I'm all over the place here. But anyways, I ran into that dude yesterday and doesn't want to talk about politics at all. Just, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my kids are doing this and football and coffee and all these kinds of things. I'm like, OK, for four years, it was you couldn't stop talking about Trump. Mm-hmm. And now the the juice, you know, grandpa juice boxes and grandpa child molester juice boxes in there. Um, you, you got nothing to say. You got nothing to own. And and he would always try to tell me, oh, I'm not really a, a liberal or anything like that. You know, I, just, <laughs> yeah. I read some. I just call it as I see it. Well, it's amazing how you can right now not call it as you see it because that would reflect, you know, it's just the level of phoniness, the level of phoniness. Yeah. Also, well, the way that he sees it, quote unquote, is obviously massively um controlled by the fact that he went to uc berkeley for college so i think the way that you see it is skewed buddy you know yeah um because you got some major major propagandizing there that might be the problem right there the way that you see it exactly um but also talking about um trump being kind of the first time that we really heard much about the deep state i know like listening to the people we were just talking about They've been talking about it longer, so maybe some of you guys knew about it already. But I think for most of us, yeah, we didn't hear a lot about it until Trump. But to me, that does prove that he was the anomalous outsider that 
accidentally got in, you know, um, that kind of overwhelmed their little cheating system and he won, which they did not intend. But what to me it proves is that it really has maybe all been controlled up to that point, as in fake right, fake left, fake fights between them, but they kind of really kind of controlled who got in um, because he's the first person to actually talk about it because the phony ones, which, you know, we used to think Bush was good. Now we're pretty sure not so much. Uh, why did they never talk about it? Because they're all on their little yeah, inside. It's just, you know, like it, it's funny, like the, the levels of disinformation and, and the lies that they'll sell you. But like the lies of, oh, the deep state only came about to deal with Trump. And it's like then you kind of listen to what this chick is saying. And, and she lays out some really great examples. And she's like, nope, deep state's been there for a long time. And it's really been rolling since 88, 89, when they started for-profit prisons. And they started throwing uh, African-American people into those for-profit prisons to gentrify. And basically the CIA was doing the drug war. And, like, that's all crazy stuff. Except that she goes through and shows you by the books, you know, and the finances of someone who's working in HUD, like, the levels that are there. And then, you know, like I said... Things are so cra- crazy lately. Like there, there's a lot of stuff that before I would have said, that's crazy. But now I've I've seen such levels of willful deception that I now have to consider everything, yeah. and I have to. Yeah. And there's things I don't agree with, and then there's things that I I totally agree with. But like, let's just look at like like look at one thing. Um, Omicron. Uh huh. Omicron. Mm-hmm. Omicron. Which, by the way, if you switch the words around, is moronic. Moronic. You <laughs> okay. know, like what we were told is like it's all bad. Uh, it, it, it's coming. It's coming to get you. There are no cases in the United States, but the governor of New York has already decided to go ahead and lock down. And I've, state of emergency. Yeah. Joe Biden basically said today, you're going to need more booster shots. Um, Fauci was Fauci is clearly having problems like because he was all over the media this weekend and like people kind of broke down some of his 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 videos and like analyzed it and they're like this guy seems kind of paranoid kind of desperate like uh, he should he, be. he's in trouble well I mean uh, RFK's book coming out right. <laughs> is pretty damning but they're so telling yeah be. but they're telling you and we'll let's talk a little bit about RFK's book because like someone said hey it's a little too dry for me but you're finding it pretty fascinating yeah I mean well and I can understand why I'm not saying I don't see where where he was coming from but and I guess my one thing would be um I mean the reader the uh, the narrator his voice is very dry um probably wouldn't have been what I would have chosen but you know I can just sort of like get past that and then I stop paying attention to it but um yeah like the really crazy thing that I ended up having to play for you because I was like whoa this just jumped out at me was that um, hydroxychloroquine, you know, everyone knows that is like, well, what we all thought was, yes, it was having some good results, but the fact that Trump, uh, talked about it and saying, Hey, this maybe has, um, some good possible results because it was all new and, and people were just grasping for like, maybe this will work and it's so far working. Um, but we all thought, well, they just all demonized it because Trump said it was good and it was just that, you know, they wanted to get political about it, but more stuff was going on with that before Trump even talked about it because he has the exact date Trump first talked about it on March whatever of 2020 I think it was maybe March 21st 19th I don't know I don't remember but he knows the date because he's a super (laughs) good lawyer who gets all his facts right and um the weird thing is there are a few weird things really weird things um messed up things is that in January 2020 two months before that well before it was officially uh, declared a pandemic and everything like that, um, France quietly changed hydroxychloroquine from apparently over-the-counter, like people could just buy it over-the-counter for decades. They just randomly in January uh, 2020 changed it to not only prescription only, but classified as a poison, some sort of a poison uh, classification, which was really weird. And... um, so that's weird. And then various countries, um, I think he mentioned like Zambia, Canada, the U.S., 
there were some major shenanigans, again, probably a little later, but definitely before Trump talked about it. So sometime before that March date that Trump first talked about it, they all either burned their massive supplies of hydroxychloroquine. Yes, that's fishy. I know. Or uh, destroyed them, because, and then they would have these pretend reasons like, oh, the... Uh, it was really dumb reasons, like that the... Um, importing, you know, laws hadn't exactly been followed right or, you know, really it, stupid it's fine, stuff. It's fine for 50 years. Yeah. See, here's what bothers me, and here's why everybody needs to have, like, an escape room in their house hmm. with the big, you know, uh, serial killer flow chart that they have in every movie. Oh, right. You know, like, where you need to, like, keep track of this stuff. Yeah. Because here's what really bothers me about the hydroxychloroquine part. Mm-hmm. All of the stuff that you're talking about takes place in January. Well, January and some of them maybe up to the first part of March, but definitely before the okay. date that Trump talked all about. All solid, it. all good. Yeah. Um, March 13th is when, you know, they freak everybody out and we lock down and it's like the day the earth stood still outside. Mm-hmm. Okay. In the public zeitgeist and the consciousness, my feeling is that no one really starts to talk about hydroxychloroquine until May. Yeah. It's like no one knew that hydroxychloroquine, and then the chorus began, and, and then suddenly, you know, like, oh, hydroxychloroquine's bad and all these kinds of stuff. But, like, that came much later. Mm-hmm. But what these things show is they knew even before, they, they were shutting down hydroxychloroquine when Nancy Pelosi was saying hug an Asian. Yeah. They were shutting down hydroxychloroquine when Joe Biden was saying that's racist of Donald Trump to close the borders. And now today, this weekend, he did the same thing. Yeah. So, like, forget all the politics because that's just bullshit and these people are awful. What irritates me is what it shows is that they knew full well what COVID was. And they knew what was going to like if you the reality is like if you had that serial killer flow chart escape room. You would see things, in my opinion, that would stun you. Mm-hmm. And if I ever get thrown off of Amazon and they say you can't write books anymore, I'm going to do that. I'm going to sit down and I am going to make it my personal mission to say I'm going to make that room or I'm going to make that kind of thing, because I think when you put that together, you will see something awful you will see that they they what what i think a lot of us say and a lot of people are beginning to come to realize so they're coming out with the omicron variant um is that it was purposeful so so anyways like the level of disinformation and lying so so joe biden says you got to get your booster at the same time the fda is saying oh the booster doesn't work against omicron Mm mm-hmm and he's out there saying it and Fauci's saying it they're all saying it and they're all saying you need to be boosted and you need to have three boosters and it's like it doesn't work against this no and it, it the real the reason it doesn't work is because it's caused by omicron it's i mean it's caused by the vaccine i think what you're going to see is you're going to see the vaccinated continuing to get sick but isn't it convenient that Omicron happens to cause, you know, uh, ADE and myocarditis and infants die and strokes in little kids, um, because it certainly isn't the vaccine. That's right. that's, and again, it's exactly like, oh, the deep state was just James Comey and McCabe. Nope, deep state's been around for a long time, and there's every case to be made that it is it is, you know, Nazis are crazy. I'm not totally willing and ready to go to Nazi town, but there's someone. There is a cabal of people, and you can follow the money trail, that have looted the U.S. government to the tune of about $50 trillion to finance an organization that has so much power that they're able to control everything that's said or done. These are the people that have financed Microsoft. These are the people that have financed Facebook. These are the people that have financed Twitter. Google, And they've done it with your money. That's the big, that is the big con. Like, and that's one of the things I hate about the U.S. government. We pay somebody to develop something, then they sell it back to us and we have to pay for it again. But it's even worse with the deep state. They ripped off your assets and your money, and now they're taking it. And they, they created companies that are enslaving you. And honestly, we do have to arrive at the conclusion that this, this has got to stop. 
Yeah, but an, another intersection between, this is between the CIA and Nazis that they talked about, going back to that, we're on a lot of subjects today, but I think we can keep it all straight, um, is I think it was like a Nazi general or something named Galen. Galen was the last name. He made a deal with Dulles right. on our side, Dulles, um, which was basically like as World War II was winding down, he basically, uh, so Dulles was like, I guess, in charge of the OSS, which was the precursor to the CIA, right? Correct. So he made a deal with them. He knew that we did not have a lot of intelligence people inside the Soviet Union. Right. And they did. Yeah. And so he made a deal with Dulles of like, we'll continue our um, Intelli we, we, intelligence we, yeah. and we'll, we'll share the intelligence with you, but... And you'll kind of be in charge of it, but we'll, like, be in charge more. Yeah, they were doing anything yeah. they could to save their skin because they had to squirt from Germany. And so they were trying to be valuable. Like, if you look at everything that they were trying to do, they were trying to move funds. They were trying to be valuable. They had no options but to get involved in drugs because they couldn't do any legitimate business because they couldn't surface. So it gets crazier from there. But, like, we're at a time, like, where... The president of the United States is lying to you about Omicron. He's saying you need to get a booster and you won't get it. Mm -hmm. Just like he said about COVID. And even the FDA is saying, no, this this has nothing. You, you need a new update. And lo and behold, the, the drug companies say, oh, we'll have the new booster that will handle this in a month. So we're all being conned. And it's it may be that time to actually consider, yeah, it could be the Nazi international, you know, finally surfacing after all the... All I know is there is a group of people um, behind all of this. Because when you go to that room in your head, the serial killer room, where you're putting together all the clues, what you see with COVID is that everything was done to hurt people and nothing was done to actually help people. The assassination of a hydroxychloroquine, the assassination of the workplace, the assassination of sunlight, you know, literally in California, chasing people down on the beach to give them tickets when it turns out sunlight's really good for you. Vitamin D deficiency was the biggest. Stay home, watch Netflix so everybody's fat and dies. Wear this mask and inhale a much bigger viral load Yeah. than actually getting fresh air. And it's still going on today. And there, and like, I watched a video this weekend with this guy that he's living like a rabbit a paranoid fright and he'll li like i think i look around at people they're damaged permanently for the rest of it i mean i think they're damaged because of the vaccine i think they're damaged from wearing a mask for two years now with no end in sight and i think that's sometimes the part that really irritates me late at night when i'm kind of trying to wrap things up and package everything and i sit there and i go you know i don't know that there's ever going to be a normal again and i think maybe Maybe it's time to embrace that and say, I don't think that I, here's, here's what I would say. I would say a lot of people think that if you do this thing or we beat this thing or we win the election or Trump comes back or DeSantis or, you know, Hillary Clinton falls on her butt again or whatever. And there is rumors that she's going to run for president again because Kamala is so bad. And that, that does seem to be a possibility, but the bargaining with this, if we use the Nazi aspect, is if you work in the camps and you dig the snow and, you know, work on our secret projects, you know, as the Nazi, remember, the Nazis put Arbeit and Nesmach free over every death and concentration camp. And there was, that was not true. What they were saying is work will make you free. So as they lured the Jews in there and the gypsies and the Catholics and the gays and everybody... They said, if you work, if you do what we say, if you play our game, then you could get out of here. But we know that that was never their intention. Mm -hmm. Their intention was to kill all of those people. Yep. They just didn't get around but to he, it. And well, they killed and a lot. Them until they did. Yeah. And that's, oh, and that's a big thing with the deep state. And what this lady talks about is their big thing is to get you to go to Rome and to have you pay for the trip. Yep. Same thing with the Nazis. We're sending you to the death camp. And you have to work your way there. Whereas over the front of the camp, they're telling you, Arbeit and Nesmach Frey. You work will make you free. 
isn't that in our society right now sort of the subtle thing that they they dangle in front of like every you see these millennials like oh, i've got the booster i thought i was going to be free oh, i'm wearing the mask like you can tell in their eyes because they're not jaded old bitter people like us that they feel like if i play this game one day it'll be normal again yeah and my contention is i think it's time to accept that it will never be normal again and that you only have two options and you need to decide which one you have or you you need to decide which one you want to choose let's put it that way option number one is they're in control and if you look at what they're doing today and what they did two years ago lying about 15 days to slow the spread when clearly that was not the case lying about hydroxychloroquine as they are lying today about the booster so these why why would you ever expect that they would not stop telling lies so you need to make up your mind today that they are in charge and there's not a damn thing that you can do about it and they have found the ultimate big giant red button the ultimate hammer and the big giant red button makes them feel virtuous it's called the story of i am good as she calls it mm-hmm. and it says that as long as we have society in fear for the greater good even if we have to lie about it even if we have to actually create these viruses it is for the greater good as we define it and if we don't really tell people what we mean by that greater good then we can force them to go along do do you ever think that there will come a moment where they'll say we've had enough control everything's better now covid's not that i mean even brett weinstein today who's one of those people he said oh you know with what we're going to see with omicron is if it reacts as normal viruses does it should be weaker and that is the information coming out of south africa you don't even know that you have it yeah it's not really symptomatic all those kinds of things but they're already locking everything down so that tells you that it doesn't matter what omicron actually does what they needed to do is for you to be afraid of it so here's this guy who's been on the front lines of it and the ivermectin war and been blacklisted and everything. And he's still saying that he said it today, like, and then we'll be over COVID. And I'm like, you need to understand this isn't about COVID. It's not about viruses. It is about power. If it wasn't COVID, it would be the war on terror. If it wasn't the war on terror, it would be aliens. If it wasn't aliens, it would be guns. It's whatever they they finally found the magic button which is your fear for your health and your life because a mass majority of the people out there don't have any sort of existential life plan as in like well life isn't everything to me i'm gonna die i'm gonna go to heaven i'm gonna go to nirvana whatever you believe and i don't even think it's the nirvana and the buddha crowd because they seem to be the most afraid you know, so maybe you don't really believe in all reincarnation and you maybe really you don't really believe in all those things that you call heaven. But like a lot of the Christians, they were like, I don't care. You know, this life isn't all for me. I'm, I'm going on to the next thing. They seem in a lot of ways to be the, the sort of backbone of like, hey, we're not complying. But why would you ever think for a moment that they're going to stop using the fear hammer? If it's not Omicron, which it really should be Z, but apparently that would offend President Winnie the Pooh from China, <laughs> um, then it's going to be the next thing. It's going to be it's going to be smallpox. Mm-hmm. It's going to be you know uh, uh, anthrax. It's going to be whatever they need to take more power, to loot more, to control you. And if you think it's like for some big reason, I think that is a reason. I think they, they tell themselves like, oh, we're doing this and oh, we're looting the economy or oh, we're going to build the new cities, which I, I think tech is going to try to build a bunch of new cities and things like that. But at the end of the day, it's just they get a thrill out of saying boo and watching you jump. And then they get another thrill out of they don't abide by the same rules. They like Biden was out all weekend not wearing a mask while telling people to wear a mask. That's been every politician. So you have the one option that you need to accept that this is the way that it's going to be from now on. And if you accept that, you will derive a certain amount of happiness and a certain amount of peace because you're just playing Monopoly now. And these are the rules of Monopoly. You get to roll the dice once per round of players and you get to move that amount of dice. And if you land on do not, you know, if you land on free parking, you get free parking. And if 
You land on Baltic, you can buy Baltic, and if you land on go to jail, you gotta go, gotta go to jail. There's like many people are very happy with the rules of the game. It, Americans get a little wacky because the rules of the game that they want is I want to be able to do anything I want. That's my game, and it's like, well, that's not really monopoly. That's not really risk. Like every rule, every game has to have a certain amount of rules. And you will have a certain amount of peace and tranquility and happiness if you accept the rules. If you go to prison, you are, in my opinion, I haven't been to prison, you're probably, but I've been in the army, so that's close. <laughs> if you go into the army or you go into prison, they have a system. And you're going to accept that system, whether you like it or not. That, And you sang music. Like, if you don't sing what's on the score... You're not going to be happy. You're not going to one. You're not going to work. Not gonna ha- yeah, you're going to have yeah. a job anymore. You're gonna, <laughs> if you decide, you're be I want to really sing this. No, miserable <laughs> if, if you don't if you don't do it the way that it is. And like, yeah. if you opt for like, well, I'm going to accept the reality that we're never getting out of the mass. That booster shots and vaccines are the way of the future, and I'm going to get on board with it. All your, you know, learn the rules, learn the game. Like if you're going to live in a totalitarian overstate, your best bet is to get a job with the government and become a part of the problem. You know, like, that's one way you could do it. It's not the way I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. That's one way you could do it. Both of these ways require that you accept the condition that if you allow them to be the decision makers, this is the way that it's going to be. I think the other way that you need to realize is you're not getting back to normal, even if you choose freedom you're going to have to get a new freedom. You're going to have to take your freedom, make your freedom. freedom. You're going to have to make something new. What you had is gone. The, you know, um, mall lifestyle, the, uh, you know, reality television viewing, fun, you know, 401ks, all these illusions that were created by these people trying to control you, they've decided that those are over because they're looting those now and using those for their agenda. Your 401ks are over. Your investments are over. You're just having watching a movie like Predator or Rocky Five, you know, or The Outlaw Josie Wales. That's all over because they need those movies now to serve their agenda, which is to build a power base among aggrieved groups. And they also need to humiliate you and debase you so that you can't fight back against them. That's over. So what I'm trying to say, and you're just using some limited examples, is everything that you want, it's gone. It's not coming back. And no amount of mask wearing and no amount of failure on the other side, like, consider that. They fail upwards. Mm -hmm. Everything they do wrong, one, it's never held to account by the media. And they never take any black strikes. They just get elected. They do the next thing. They promote upwards. So if you're waiting for them to like have some failure that causes the game to flip and and normal to come it's not coming back because the more they fail the stronger they get and if you're if you're waiting for any set of circumstances where you don't take your freedom back or make a new freedom and you can make a new freedom it's not necessarily overthrowing the United States of America you can grow to Brazil you can go to Costa Rica you can get together with your buddies and overthrow Cuba which was my plan um, you can you can right now you could be talking to your AGs because we listen to a guy and we'll post his video on Mericola who has a who is the original um, <clears throat> uh, what do they call it when a lawyer develops a document uh, but he, he basically developed the biological weapons treaty yeah he's a really high powered lawyer yeah. very lefty and Francis Boyle, maybe? Yeah, maybe? And, and he's basically saying you have to go to your AGs to defeat the mandates. Yeah. And to defeat, because they won't do it at the federal level and the Supreme Court's compromised, but something worth considering. But the main thing is if you're waiting for anybody to return you to normal, in both of those options, it's not coming back. There will never, ever again be normal. You will never have any of the things that you had pre-COVID. That's over. If you want something else they're not going to give it to you. You're going to have to take it. And that's the podcast.